0: Jesse, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, man.
1: Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate you a lot, as you already know. Yes. Thank you so much, <laughs> Um
0: So, yeah, it's really cool seeing you and what you do and with Sonda Collections, which is like a T-shirt brand uh, or clothing brand accessory, like a, a boutique clothing brand that you have, which is awesome. And I- I'd just like to know recently, what's something that you've learned about yourself or just learned in general,
1: that's blowing your mind a little bit? Well, I'm going to speak on what happened on Wednesday night's call. I had a very, very dark pattern that was still hanging on to me. And it was around my um, childhood trauma around my father. And I have never expressed that much emotion in front of other men so to do that within Wednesday night and then uh, yeah I, I always thank you again for telling me to hold my head up because as, as soon as the tears come the head dropped which yeah it was just second nature for me and then as soon as like I held myself and spoke and he tried to clearly speak on everything that I was letting out it was awesome and then that night as I posted in school I did a little hypnosis session with my partner to then not only heal that dark pattern, but to literally within that session wrapping it up in white light. I didn't I didn't release it that night, but then to then check back in the next day, realize that the, the light was no longer dark. And then to watch it because I was at the beach. So the last thing I visualized before doing my breath work was the sky and clouds. And then to literally sit there and be present with my inner child, and to literally watch us just release that off, to then watch it disappear into the clouds. Like I remember, just open my eyes and just going, "Like that's it, the weight's gone." Oh, yeah. And as I mentioned to you today, I woke up feeling so much happier, and that's probably something that. Yeah, I've had a lot of little breakthroughs and wins throughout STS, but that was fucking massive.
0: Yeah. For everyone who's listening right now, Jesse is in our Set The Standard community and he is an outstanding member, hence why he's on the podcast today. So we're like, oh, yeah, but dude, yeah, that was crazy. You look like you're
1: glowing right now. Dude, I feel it, man. And it's not just the light coming through my mirror window, <laughs> sorry. I feel it, like... I just felt so much more happy. Like, yeah, I was already a happy person, but I just felt so much more happiness knowing that that darkness just had been healed. Yeah. Well, What was the pattern? What was the, you could say almost the curse
0: that your dad put on you that you got rid of?
1: Yeah. So the curse was chaos. And the three core memories of that was when I, my dad and mum were having an argument and I was just standing there and to hear him disown me as a little kid, like literally express the words, he's not my son, he's yours. That's because you had arthritis, right?
0: When you were growing no, up. No, it was
1: because of my arthritis. He was blaming my mum that I had it and all this stuff. And yeah, so that was one pattern. And then another pattern of being locked in my room, hearing him verbally abuse my mum, and me being locked in there, not knowing what's happening, not being able to get out. That was another dark pattern of it. And then also the very first time I ever felt fear, like true fear. And I was running away from him because I didn't eat. And I had stomach issues as a kid. I remember running around the backyard for ages. He ended up catching me. He brought me inside, had me in a two-hand choke, like choke hold. I remember like, the moment the fear sunk in was when my head hit the ceiling of the of the house and then I just got slammed down into a chair. And I remember like that was the first time I felt true fear. So for me to those three core memories of what is why I felt I had to have that chaos within my life and just never healing from that to then realize like you don't need that, Jesse. Like, yeah, none of it was your fault. It was everything your dad was going through at the time. So heavy, man. Well, like what um because I'm just like, whoa, I just feel that in my chest when you start speaking about it. (laughs) I felt it again, man. Like sitting in a chair now, like that last memory of being just yeah, literally fucking undertake it into a chair. And it's just like just being a little kid. And it's like no kid deserves that, man. Yeah, not at all.
0: And how did like, how does that show up? Like those three patterns, how how are they affecting you now? Like within
1: business, within your life? So how they were affecting me now was that, like, I was always excelling at something. And then I could always, I just always had something pulling me back and like stopping me from continuing to either grow or build business, build within my business or personal training. And it wasn't until Wednesday night I realized like that, that last thing that was pulling me back all the time was that pattern just to, it was be like, stay here, Jesse. Like, where are you trying to go? Why are you trying to leave this?
0: Mm. Of like, and when any sort of, when like you
1: create change, it's like you're not allowed to. Yeah. It was like my inner child was trying to like not allow me to create that change.
0: Yeah. What, um, because that's like fascinating how did that show up to you then because like you run 100 kilometers like you just ran that shit one day like you've been training hard and like for everyone yeah. jesse is one of the people who's in the 100k club he ran that shit how how
1: did that like impact you on that journey um so for that it for the 100k journey um it didn't it never really surfaced much throughout that journey so the the fuel I used throughout that was my um, drug and gambling addiction. Yeah. And a constant thing I used to say, whether it was I was running like 50K or 30K, whatever it was in the lead up, I was like, this is fucking nothing, Jesse. Like two to three years of battling addiction, that's hard. What's one day of running? What's one hour of running? That's cool. And that, I like i remember one day when me and wall did a 50k day and i saw all these on the way back the the first like 5k on the way back was just all hills like some hills you couldn't even see um like when they'd start declining and i remember just going into this zone like i forgot Wall was with me and i was like these fucking hills don't know what i've been through and i just charged up these hills up and over and then next thing i know like i look back and walls like in the distance, and he's just waving, keep going, bro. Keep going. And then, like, after we had a short break, I was like, dude, like, I just went into a state there of like runners high. And I was like, I wasn't stopping. I was just saying to myself, like, these hills are nothing on me. And it was just like, yeah, I was just like, that's what makes me different, man. That's what makes me different.
0: Yeah, the, the struggles that you've overcome. And I know some people listening to this probably right now, just like, resonating hard and for anyone who doesn't know um Blake is Jesse's friend who he's referring to as well he's also in the community and they're both crushing it at the moment to be completely honest <laughs> too it's really cool watching them um both be in there together so what I'm interested in then is how do you think because we're just getting just like deep into it right <laughs> so deep it. I'm, it. I'm, genuinely, I'm genuinely so curious what was the link then between how your dad treated you and those dark patterns which then led to
1: a drug and gambling addiction so the patterns from that it it again comes to always thinking i needed chaos in my life it's like having those three deep cores like embedded into me and then as i got older like every time i was in those chaotic patterns of like four figure bets five figure bets or up all night partying i remember like um unconsciously just being like ah this is that chaos that i'm meant to be sitting in right now and it fucking sucked okay sucked a lot so speak to me more about the you know
0: where the chaos would come up in real life that would make you feel an urge or a pull to go gamble and
1: get on the drugs um so it would show up was it drinking too? Nah, I don't drink. I don't like fizzy or anything. So it was never drinking for me. Okay. Just just party drugs. Um, so it used to show up. I love I used to love quick fixes. So for a quick escape, as you'd be aware, like from statistics, cocaine is an unreal way to just get a quick escape. Very unhealthy. And I was always used to quick temporary fixes. So then when it went from drugs to gambling, it's the exact same feeling. The exact same feeling. And for me, I never wanted to do things long term or the or the or the hard way. It was always about quick temporary fixes to just patch things up. Yeah. So
0: what like how did that relate then to your dad? Um, how did that relate to my dad? Yeah, quick fixes. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious on the story of like how you went from having all of those things happen um, in your childhood, which like just shocked you, made you scared, made you angry, made you the rest of it, to when you started growing up through your teens, and then started being like, you know, teens and early twenties, like, woof, I'm gonna go party here. I'm gonna go gamble here. Oh, this is so good. I'd rather do this rather than work on my business or like, like, work on my mission, and at the same time, like, you know, balancing a relationship as well with all of those things. I think's
1: like insane. Um, yeah, I used to somehow hide it. <laughs> I used to somehow <laughs> hide it well. Like, yeah, I guess I used to hide it well. But I think just from an upbringing of with my mum, like I love her dearly. It was, it was never my fault. It was always the world was out to get me. And okay. I was never really disciplined on how to properly address or fix things. So I always just had the victim mindset. I'm trying to trying to figure out how I can describe how that what was the question again exactly. How did So it's like how was the like how did your relationship with your dad and what you experience
0: like lead you to jumping into quick fixes? And then, and then the next question I'm going to ask on that you might be able to answer at one go, is is like, and then how do those quick fixes that you've overcome, how do they sort of linger now in in other areas? So, but the first one is from how did that relationship with your dad and the things that happened there turn
1: into you falling for quick fixes and leaning into those? Um, to be honest. I- It was just because I could escape that pain. Okay. That's probably the simplest way to put it, escaping whatever I was going through and doing it in the quickest way possible.
0: Did you know? Did you know that that's what you were doing?
1: I was fully aware because, like, throughout that time, I had already worked with another coach um, in Felicity. So I was pretty consciously aware of what I was doing. Yes, I knew it was fucking terrible the wrong way to go about it but I got so caught up in the addictions being so quick and easy until the day I hit rock bottom and I was like like you're you're better than this Jesse like you can't keep going about this what was rock bottom <laughs> Sorry, I'm just in there. <laughs> what was rock bottom so I overcome the drug addiction of two years and then that led to gambling which Was just another band aid. And then the rock bottom was when the bank account hit
0: $0.
1: And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Jesse? Like, this Mm. was a trade of your dad's as well. Like, and it's like, who are you even to shame him for what he was doing in the past when you're doing the exact same things?
0: Mm. But also, like,
1: how powerful that you
0: get to learn that at your age, like before you have kids, before everything else. And you get to heal that. You know for you so that you don't pass it on
1: yeah literally man and a great way where i started using all that as fuel was when i started ice bathing and i'd be like i'd look at it and like i'd i used to always say to dig i was like this is fucking nothing this is three minutes in an ice bath i was like try fighting the urge to gamble for an entire day try fighting the urge to not do another line i was like this is nothing and i love Love getting in that ice bath because for me it's easy, it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, I i use that as my fuel for a lot of things. And as I described on my runs, I'm just like this isn't hard, this is one day like the <laughs> 100 day, day. I knew I had nerve damage going into that in my foot, and I was like, Yeah, it might get hard, but I was like, Again, it's only w- going to be one day of running. If that 16 hours, 14 hours, whatever it was, I was like, I can do it, I was like, It's not going to be hard. And through throughout the stages of hypnosis, when I started hallucinating on the day of the run, like, yeah, it wasn't hard. I look back on it now, it's like, it wasn't hard. Yes, my foot was blown up like a friggin' football at one stage, but <laughs> it wasn't hard, man.
0: That's nuts, man. It's funny that two people can have such different like experiences. Like, I love uh, ice baths, and I've been doing them for years and I haven't post about it much anymore but I didn't for so long we sort of claim it in like my group um like my friendship group that we were the first people in Adelaide to do it <laughs> we like we claim like you guys were the first but I know it's so funny that you're like oh this is easy to me and my experience with my ice bath is you know that was a week that we got into an ice bath every single week for a year and I hated well, for me, every time getting to the ice bath, no matter how many weeks, it was hard every time. Like, it, why is it so hard for me to get into this ice bath? And it was like it's just so difficult every single time. Uh, and overcoming that for me was uh, transformational. So it's it's funny how like two people can have like such different experiences. Yeah, and I also want to know as well just that they were like, what what were your hallucinations like when you were in the hundred K run?
1: You just dream So for myself, I never take painkillers or anything. Yeah. And on that day, like my diet was out of whack, obviously, because like I'm just eating quick, digestible, sugary foods. And I remember on leg six, leg six, because we're doing 15K blocks, Um, I took painkillers. So I was taking them every two hours just to manage the pain. And I remember taking off on that leg and the pills never got like beyond my throat here. And I was running, running, and it was starting to get dark. And I was saying to, I can't even remember who was next to me at the time, but I was like, don't talk to me because these pills haven't digested. I'm nearly vomiting. And I remember running, it was getting darker, it was getting darker. And then on the footpath, there was all white stripes because it had bike lanes And I remember just watching them over in my head, over in my head. And then next thing, I just can't remember, like literally one kilometer of the run. I was, I thought what was next to me and it was someone else. And I was just trying to make sentences. And then I snapped out of it at one stage and like Dia was like laughing. And I was like, I think I was just hallucinating that entire time. And I can't even exactly like comment on what I was saying because I think I was calling Etienne who's like, Probably five eight whereas walls six two jacked. I was full for that was wall next to me and just balls deep in a hallucination on, on my run <laughs> That is crazy, man. And I just want to like uh,
0: thank you for the vulnerability for sharing this like absolutely absolutely crazy. Do you think that you know for men in particular, that it's really beneficial for us to get clear? On those pains and things that hold us back or pull us down.
1: I was literally having this discussion with Wall today because he was saying how much he's further falling in love with um like subconscious mind work and personal development. And he was saying, like, I've just never realized how important it is to check in with yourself. Like by as as he mentioned, he started journaling. And it's it's so important to check in with whatever feelings um, or vulnerability that you have at the time like check in with that because the further you squash it down the the less you feel and it's like bring that up to the surface and let it out like because it's just so important it's so important for everyone to do this like we we all have our story we all have our pain and it's like like if it was, it, I just wish it was simple as saying everyone should get into this field of work. <laughs> yeah, well, like, it should be that simple because the work works. It's the fucking greatest thing ever, and that's why I love bringing thing awareness to things. Like I can be vulnerable. It's easy for me to be vulnerable and open because I know how much how beneficial it is and what you can get from every conversation. And as you're aware, when we have the community calls, every bloke that's in that within that core. Especially sometimes, like oh, I've got nothing to talk about, but then s- shit just surfaces, and then they feel a million bucks after. Like after Wednesday's call, I was, <laughs> as you were, we were fucking rocking out to Anasazi's by Park <laughs> Drive, and it fucking felt amazing. Like the amount of energy and ah, oh, like just fucking feeling a million fucking bucks <laughs> after it. Like, it, or just from talking and opening up. Crazy. What do you think would happen to like
0: men in particular if like all men did work like this and like worked on themselves, did personal development, become emotionally intelligent, especially in regards to their entrepreneur journeys? Like what do you think would happen?
1: What would happen? Their lives would never be the same. And they would say, why did I hold off on this for so long?
0: Yeah, so true. And, and what do you? What also do you think would happen if every man did it?
1: Like if around every man did
0: every, it. Every single man did it. Well, let's just say Australia, right? If every man in Australia did it, like, what do you
1: think would happen? Australia and all the individuals would take over the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think and imagine how wild that would be. Mm. Like Australia would be the most dominant country in the world. <laughs> yeah. And
0: for no other reason, like not to insert dominance or anything. It would be just like to just like give and receive love, really. Just to leave from like a from here. Instead of like agenda, yeah. would just be like we'd
1: we'd solve all of the world's problems pretty quickly. Literally send all of us to other countries, we'll run the countries and <laughs> that would be a beautiful place. <laughs> Crazy. I, I agree. I agree so much. How did
0: I measure how did like because I know you have done this work beforehand and, and everything else? How did this lead you to wanting to start Sonda? And then, as well, I'd like to know the message behind Sonda as a boutique clothes brand.
1: Yeah, so I've always had a um passion for fashion, like, I'd I love just you are a fashionable dude, give that, yeah, you. like I am. Um... On My Instagram shows that, like, yeah. <laughs> feel good. I'm all about that. So, um, yeah, I always had, like, the urge. It's like, oh, I need to start something one day. And then I was listening to a artist. I don't listen to much music. And there's this one artist called Brent Fayaz Fy- uh, or Fiaz. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. And he had a song called Sonda Sun. And I was like, what the fuck Sonda mean? So be it. Researched it and I was like, Holy shit, like this is going to be my brand's name um, when diving into fashion. And then, oh, so the term of Sonder is the profound feeling of realizing that everyone, including strangers past in the street, has a life as complex as one's own, which they're constantly living despite one's personal lack of awareness of it. And I was like, not only does that land a lot with me, but because of my personal development journey, I was like, it, it just landed even more. And I was like, let's create the best blanks in the world. And then not only that, create better society by them constantly having that reminder because it's embroidered on the tags as well. So it's like every day you grab that Sonder shirt, you're going to have that conscious reminder like, don't judge any bystander. Yes, it takes time and repetition to build that skill because, yeah, I'm experienced of that. And, yeah, like I remember the more I kept just reciting Sonder in my head, if I did have that thought of like Sonder, Jesse, Sonda, and then eliminated it. So not only will I be creating awareness of Sonder, but everyone will feel and look better within these shirts. That. Is powerful with hell. I love it so much, and
0: I'm curious because because what what I see quite like commonly is this pattern of men just in general being like struggling to open up, and there's this like resistance that I see that comes around to how, how do I put this in a sentence? Like it's like people are, are afraid to share who they exactly are or what they have been through. And I think that that can prevent people from, you know, seeing another bystander on the street and just realizing, acknowledging like, well, this person's story is probably hectic too because I've worked with so many people and so many men. It's like, I think it's getting close to like 250 now, something like that. It's like every single person that I work with, no matter where they're at or what they're doing, usually there's some sort of resistance that they don't want to lean into something in the program. They don't want to say something on a group call. They can't like say something out loud or they're like, oh, this thing is stupid or whatever it is. And as soon as we sort of push them in the right direction to commit to something like 100%, then they lean in. And it's just like this and like everything opens up and they start learning and they start growing. And I just want to know, like from your perspective, if you've seen that, acknowledged it, you've had experience with that, of like that. That, that time it takes before men to, to really open up and then start seeing other people, you know, start looking like, whoa, this person's gone through just as much of I, as I've had?
1: Yeah, so for myself, I'll speak on my experience. Um, I used to bottle everything up, and that was just from my upbringing, and then I had my partner step into this field of work, not only... Um, Step in to learn, but to also teach. And like I used to just like hold in my emotions, resent, hold resent to her, because like she was growing and becoming a better human. And then I was just like, one day I was like, I'm the problem, like, I'm the problem here. I'm the one throwing shame and, and like projecting towards her. So for me, once I started opening it up and leaning in more to this work it just opened my mind up a stack opened my mind up so much and then as i found the branding of sonda like one thing i used to always do was i'd see a like a, a junkie i'd see a junkie on the road or walk in the street whatever it is and first thought was always like look at this junkie what's he doing and then i'd be like wait a sec jesse who knows what the fuck this person's been through. They probably don't know a way out of what they've been through. And just like me, I used to use drugs for, for an escape, to escape whatever pain I was in. And to have that always constantly like play in your head, It's it just ends up playing throughout for every human being. You don't know it. Even if it's someone who's physically fit and in great shape, you don't know what they've been through though to still be that person they are. So true. Something I want to touch
0: on there as well, because not a lot of men feel this too, because I'm like, I'm trying to break the paradigm. Like one of my missions and vision is breaking the paradigm to get like as many men as possible to come do this work, break free, start absolutely just, you know, experiencing success from the inside and from the outside. Like that's, that's what I want to happen. And just fucking every single man to do it. Uh, I think the entrepreneurial journey is a beautiful way to test yourself. And that's why, like I, I love it for like entrepreneurs, but I know a lot of men are in this predicament because women are more likely to be like, oh, I'm actually going to do some work on myself and take this seriously. Um, like men always find that like, oh, I see this happen. They'll get injured or some sort of infection. They'll be like, ah, oh, I won't go to the doctors. I'll be right. I'll be right next minute it's some parasite deep infection. And they're like in the hospital for six months because they didn't fucking they thought they were going to be fine. And they're like, they're definitely not. And and what happens is because I see like so many women like coming in doing this work and, and like working their hardest for it is a lot of the guys get left behind as you you were saying beforehand and then you build up like resentment and anger and you're like damn i don't know what to do about this like what am i going to do and that um comparison sort of comes up i'd love to just hear like your thoughts and experience on that on the comparison card yeah on just like the yeah when you're just sort of like oh no like my partner's leveling up and growing and i feel like i'm not uh, currently because I might be resisting learning about myself or whatever it is. Like, I'd just like to hear your thoughts and opinions on that.
1: Yeah, so we've spoke on this um, on a little like podcasty video thing she did for her community and it unfortunately happens a lot because you feel f- like this is from experience. You feel threatened by that person and their growth and it's like within that relationship it's either you stay where you are project and hold shame towards that person and then your relationship's going to end because she's going to continuously grow and for me when i had that hard realization our relationship like it just fucking up an upward trajectory our relationship just grew so much when both of us were growing and it's like this is something i've said to her on the podcast i did with her was that um a lot of couples will say that they want the best for their partner, <laughs> but to have the best for your partner is you want them to become their best self. And a lot of people don't do that because when they get in with, within relationships, comfort's the first thing that comes there and they don't continue to grow as a uh, grow as a couple or as a team. And that's one thing that I've realized a lot. It's like you can have the most incredible relationship in the world if both of you are working on yourself.
0: Mm. What were some real life examples and scenarios that that you would say or do or had when you were like experiencing any shame or resentment? Is there anything on top of your head that you know? Just because I'm like I like for guys to listen because they're probably like, oh yeah, this is making a lot of sense right now. Like men and women, like yep, yep, feel that. Um, but I'd like them to have some real life scenarios of when they're
1: like, oh, so that's when it is, oh, and that's when you compare. Like, <laughs> this gets me excited because I know exactly when it used to come up. Like. So, for instance, with Didge, like, she's like, she's a powerful girl. Like, she's a powerful individual. And when she used to speak to me about, like, just things that I wasn't doing, and I used to be like, this bitch, she's fucking attacking me. <laughs> like, who is she to say this? But that was because I had no conscious awareness of who I was, and I used to just project and shame. But like, you that- think you're better than me now? You think you're better than me now? And it's like... No, she's just trying to call me forward. Mm. And there's just so many times where it's like, oh, you're working with Felicity now, so you're X, Y, and Z. And, fuck, I used to suck for that. And, yeah, it's just that she was trying to call me forward and I couldn't see that at the time. And instead I just went into a shelter of don't attack me, bitch, don't attack me.
0: yeah. And, like, what else would you say and do? Do you remember? Did, would you just, like, not look at your phone? Would you, like, not
1: reply to her? Like, would you not reply? And my um <laughs> childhood, childhood issue was abandoned. I'd just run away. Like, not physically run away from her now because I was a grown adult, but I'd just separate myself one day, two days at a time. Yeah. Complete cold turkey. And that was the way I used to cope. cope. Because as a kid, I used to run away from my troubles.
0: Mm what do
1: you do now? This is fire, by the way. I think everyone who's going to hear this is going to be like, oof, I'm so excited. What I do now, as soon as I sense some slight discomfort, I'll sit with Dij and we, we hold each other within a space and have the, like, it's not uncomfortable for me now, but it feels icky, but we just have those conversations and bring awareness to things. And because we're both, like, growing human beings, like, we can hold the conversation so well and then get to whatever the issue is. And then we just grow from that and continue to move forward.
0: Yeah. I experienced the same with you. Sometimes it's nuts. Do you ever have those ones where sometimes you you both talking and something comes up and then it's like, oh, shit, I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> Literally
1: like. And you both just like crying or some shit. Well, the conversation, the, the latest one we had was the Wednesday night after the call. Mm. And I I made her stay awake like. I texted her after the call i'm like can you please stay awake like i've got something to tell you when i get home because i finished training at like 8 45 9 o'clock so it was getting late and yeah we had that breakthrough again and i i thought i cried a lot on that call but when i was with her like just because she's my person like i was like a waterfall man (laughs) tears were just fucking running out and I completely, it just felt so good to release all that emotion and we had the talk, we had the conversation, we did the little hypnosis and and then even, it may, it may have even been the day after we had another conversation in regards to business and strategies and game plans and it's just so fucking cool to have a partner like that where you can have those conversations and it's like she actually wants the best for me and like I'm sure you experience a lot with Chloe it's like I wish everyone else could feel that within a relationship it's
0: it's wild when you really start you know loving and accepting each other for like hundred percent as you said pushing the best version of yourself like one thing that Chloe and I both love and we both admitted to each other and it's like selfishly is we just love attention <laughs> I love it I've loved it ever since I was a kid like I started singing and dancing and acting when I was eight years old, I was always center of attention. I was center of attention at kindergarten. I was center of attention at like, school, and I just wanted to, like, get up and perform and sing and act and all that shit. And I loved it my whole life. i just, like, done shows and movies and stuff and got a lot of lead roles. And hence why I liked competing in bodybuilding competitions. <clears throat> because I loved it. And we're both, like, okay, a definition of success for us is when we walk somewhere and people are, like, hey, Chloe and Corey, They're like, hey, guys. For us, that's, like, that's what, like, a success looks like because we just both love being the center of attention you can call it like so like people can call it shallow or selfish or anything but we generally just both love love being in that position uh, of influence and when we both acknowledge that part of ourselves that we're like oh we really like this and it's it's not for any other reason that it's like a validation that we've helped someone or something like that um that <laughs> we feel so good about it and once we knew those things it's like we just we're just all four helping each other as best as possible to get us both in that position. And we're like, wow, I mean,
1: like, what is this? Are both fucking exceptional leaders, that's why.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, bro. But yeah, I relate to you from that. Like like big time. It's it's quite it's quite crazy to like it's it's quite unknown. Like I find like a lot of people haven't got relationships like that. And I just congratulations to you that you got on like that, man. Back at you, sir. Back at you. yeah and i'm happy that like you've gotten to the position that you have now so what do you
1: sorry i was going to say the relationship because as you're aware she was gone when i jumped into set the standard but because i had so much time to work on myself always reflect on myself um our relationship's even gotten better since like she even um congratulated me the other day on like how much better i can hold a conversation with her and i was just like in that moment i was just like yes (laughs) (laughs) i fully forgot to tell you though because that oh no it was meant to be on my wednesday night win that was meant to be my win but obviously we went we went deep into childhood but that was meant to be my wednesday win like the conversations we had and then her congratulating me on how how better and how well I can hold those conversations and actually listen and consume what she's saying and then respond without feeling attacked or anything. Well, oh, did that make her feel like more attracted to you? For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, Yeah, because she loves a masculine man.
0: It's so interesting that you say that, right? <clears throat> yeah, saying like she loves a masculine man. But... As we all know, there's a lot of people out there like, oh, a man that can hold emotions, hold space, can speak from his emotions and not get triggered at angry. That's not a man.
1: Nope. That's not a man. <laughs> like a lot of people being, think. Big, strong, tattoos <laughs> everywhere. That's a fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's a lot to being a man. Mm, there's right. a lot to being Yeah. And a lot of it is like I like David Dieter's approach. Who's just
0: mentioning, he said a few things like, it just says like it's very you're the rock amongst the storm. Like women of the ocean, or Jim John Gray says it, that women of the ocean, where it's like pristine and beautiful. And the next day it's crashing and and chaotic, and they're supposed to do that, like calling you forward as you mentioned. So it's sort of like the a, a hero's journey thing, where it's like you're resisting the call to go to the unknown, and it's like she's like come down here, and you're like
1: no. Nah,
0: <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I like that. Yeah, and then great way to put it. yeah, and then like being the rock in the storm of like where where you're supposed to be as like us as guys is it's like how we do that is with emotional control. Yeah. Have you found that like your emotional control translate to any other areas?
1: Emotional control, oh definitely. Um relationship with my brother. It's definitely translated there a lot, which is like really cool. Like the last time we had a um, I guess uncomfortable conversation. Like I promised him, things would be different, and yeah, it's it's definitely different now, and it's cool to see. And then, even towards yeah, emotional control, uh, emotional control towards um, did they? It's always been an improving factor. And in, for instance, if something happens where it's like shits hit the fan and it's like what what can we do to fix this it's like i can just keep a very level head and it's like all right we need to do this 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 and this and then it's like you can just solve the problems like for instance when she got back from um europe her one of the family members left her luggage bag with a hard drive and a a camera in it and that had all her work So we get home at like 11, 1130, everyone's just yelling and I'm just standing there and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why the fuck is everyone yelling? Like at least fill me in with more information so I can try and solve this. And then it was like, I was like, don't worry, did I got this. And then like, I contacted a number, organized then who I can speak with the next day because the company was shut because it was so late at night. And then the next day I contacted a number who had the number of the company that boarded the plane to clear the plane out. And then next thing we had it solved. And the next day she went and picked up a hard drive. <laughs> yeah. the problem was solved. And I was just this cool, little cool-headed dude there. <laughs> yelling for fuck's sakes. I need to solve something. So yeah, That's it cool. shows up quite a bit, man.
0: That's cool. So If you were to take any of the lessons that you have learned recently and relay them or teach them back to anyone who's listening, like what would
1: you say? If I was to relay the teachings that I've learned recently, the biggest one is I would teach people to heal as much and everything as they can from their inner child. It's it's because, yeah, the more you heal those relationships and patterns, it's easy to heal or understand why other people will react or act out in certain ways. And it's like, yeah, the more you can heal yourself, the better your understanding is of other people. So true.
0: And it's a never-ending healing journey. I I think I always always find out that I'm like, oh, I thought I was conscious then, but I was so unconscious. I'm like, oh, I thought I was conscious then, but I'm so unconscious. It even happened by my other clients. So I think he's in his mid-30s, one of my one-on-ones. And most of his, like, trauma all comes from his mid-20s. He was like, there was three years there in his mid-20s, which he was just, like, went off the rails for a bit. And he's healing all of that now, like, Come from that. A lot of it come from childhood as well. But he's like, that's where the main stem of it was. And I'm like, there's just so much. Like, like Kierkegaard had this really good quote, right? Soren Kierkegaard. He's like, I love some of his quotes as a philosopher. Um, him and like Friedrich Nietzsche are both gangsters. And he said like, life can only be lived moving forwards, but can only be understood looking backwards.
1: That's powerful.
0: Yeah. So I was like something along the I wouldn't butcher it, but something like that. And I was like, wow, because like if we were to understand life, like and we really wanted to understand it, we'd be like, we've really got to look back.
1: So I love yeah. it. And that's the thing, a lot of people don't like to look back because of the discomfort that comes with looking back. Because you're looking back into pain.
0: Yeah. What was like the most uncomfortable moment for you when you like really had to go in and and face looking backwards like owning stuff like about yourself or
1: great there's a a lot of that has come up um to be honest probably looking back most uncomfortable i remember how hard it was when working with felicity and releasing um the pain of addiction i remember being under hypnosis and that was tough like she we did this thing where i had to carry all the weight from like my toes up to my head transcend it down to my hand and then release it and i remember that weight being so heavy in my hand and i was like in the back of my head I'm like I can't release it like it's so heavy and I thought I released it and obviously I didn't because I fell back into my patterns but uh, probably Wednesday night's call was a massive one for me again Wednesday night's call Mm. that was huge
0: I can't believe how big that call was for you bro
1: (laughs) massive man like just for a number of reasons like showing that emotion in front of men because it like your emotions used to be slapped out of you so that was coming from a man like an adult um so yeah not only just expressing that and then tapping into what was such a i guess dark behavior or dark pattern that hung around in me There was so much fear and like yeah, I wrote it in my, I don't know if I actually I don't know if I wrote it in my um last post, but the fear and demonic, it was literally like this demon-like figure, but it had a my dad has a mullet. So it had this long wavy mullety hair, and like that was all my dark fear that I held on to, and it was just him in this terrifying state. Mm. And yeah so to sit there with that and then overcome and heal that that's probably been the biggest biggest like discomforting thing that i've had to deal with like
0: that's the most beautiful thing for you ever and then it makes me so frustrated not at you but just at the the rest of culture a little bit because like like as men we've been doing this work for thousands of years and i just really believe that there's no excuse to not be doing it out of a fear of, you know, feeling something. And I'm like, I'm just like, where does this whole um, cause you see it right, in terms of men like being afraid yeah. to feel mainly because our fathers didn't feel anything. Um, because I think a little bit due to war times <clears throat> when things got scarce, and they used to slap, slap our dads and stuff around and and then, you know, them almost passing the same lessons on to us. But then they also do that thing where it's like, oh, but listen to me, like I'm the hero. You want to, you gotta be like me because I'm the big tough guy. Blah 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 I'm like load of shit <laughs>
1: <Yeah. Big> dog. <laughs> um,
0: and it just makes me really like frustrated.
1: Yeah, man. It um it fucking sucks because it's like it was so wrong. And then like it's affected so many people. Yeah.
0: And
1: like, I- not just my dad, but other people like every human being like it's like if you were to do this work you can you're going to create just consistent generational change human beings like so, so when i dear and i have kids we're going to have fucking amazing kids that are so consciously aware and they're little badasses because they're going to be boxing from an early age <laughs> and Just fucking unreal kids that are so consciously aware. And then they're going to grow up into healthy, loving adults that are then going to have kids and also teach that.
0: Yeah. And I think like doing things like this is like a huge thank you to you for spreading the message, like with Sonda, with the coaching that you're doing and everything that you're trying and and who you're being, because it truly is, you know, setting the standard for everyone else out there.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, like, I know, as you know, like when I speak, people feel when I speak. And it's like when I hold these conversations with people, I can see that it's having an impact on them.
0: Yeah. So thank you for doing it. So for everyone who's listening right now, where can they find you, Jesse? Where can they
1: find Sandra? Yeah. So I'm I'm only on Instagram at Jesse W. Morris and sonda it can be found at sonda.collections nice on instagram as well both on the gram
0: oh yeah we'll link them below for everyone listening so i'd like to leave the listeners with one challenge so one actionable thing that they can do like you to challenge them that they can give a shot at today like they've just listened to the podcast and they're like shit i gotta do something about this now
1: what is it Ooh, good question what is it one thing Yeah. I'll make it simple. Have a vulnerable conversation. If you have a loved one, if it, if it, whether it's a partner or parent, get uncomfortable, <laughs> and become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Oh man, I love that so much. I'm sure so many dudes are
0: probably listening, might be listening right now, and be like, "Bro, why don't you just tell me to run 100k?s It's so much easier."
1: <laughs> Than having a vulnerable have, conversation with someone. I could have said that, but a conversation, yeah, make a conversation happen. It's more realistic to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, who knows if it's more challenging or not. i say
0: sometimes could be more challenging. Some people would rather run than have a vulnerable conversation, that's for sure.
1: That's exactly
0: right. But everyone who's listening, I know they're levelling up, they're raising up, they're on their way to be the best version of themselves and they're, you know, they're practicing these things and they're hearing these conversations. So I just want to say a huge thank you to the listeners for coming in Chiming in listening to Jesse myself, Jesse from, yeah, Jesse Morris, who is Sonder Collections and is also in the Set standing Standard community. And, dude, just a huge thank you for coming on.
1: No, thank you for having me, sir. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. Love chatting with you, as always. Back at you, Jesse. Back at you.
0: Can't wait to see you guys in there.